our first look at Wolverine and Deadpool 3, a Mission Impossible 7 box office prediction, and we draft the biggest movie stars in Hollywood right now, after the jump. Truth is, I am a Jedi. I'm the vengeance. And I am Iron Man. Here we are. Welcome on. Welcome to episode 38. By the way, we normally have some kind of parallel with a jersey number of some sort of athlete. 38. No one was number 38, Klein. I don't think there was one person that's ever been a relevant athlete in any kind of sport that is number 38. I even looked it up this morning because I'm a number. I love jersey numbers. I'm kind of a, I don't know. I'm obsessed with it a little bit, but there's no one. Anyway, speaking of Klein, I am joined today by. I, I guess are, we haven't discussed this. Are we co-senior editors at the direct.com now, Klein? Yeah. Yeah. The there Klein are two Felt- of us at the website. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, they're both on the podcast today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, David. I know Matt is away this week. Uh, I hopefully will do my best Matt Remke impression and I don't know, get all the relevant details in there, but I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. This is going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. And yes. Matt Rimke, he is traveling all across this great nation of ours. I I don't know where he is currently. I know he's moving to California, but he's going to New York. I don't know where he is. You will hear him. I feel like later that's the time. opposite direction, though. Like he's uh, he's hip. He's kind of ping ponging his way across the continent right now. It's a little yeah. bizarre the route he's taking. But I guess when you got to do a cross country trip, you may as well make it count. Yeah, I, I believe via Twitter update, he like drove from Indiana. I knew I knew he was there. He's moving to Sandy. No, he's moving to San Jose, but I think he was driving to California. Then he flew to New York for a work retreat thing. And anyway, I'm sure he's having a great time. Um, you will hear Matt later this episode. He is on the What's in the Box segment talking about Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part One box office that was recorded a little bit early, even though there are some updates to that as well. But we have the Klein Felt joining us. Klein is not only, like I mentioned, senior editor at the direct.com, he is also co host of Reckless Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast we both do with Jack Puse and Thomas Carter Rochester and co-host, which is going to come in. Uh, it's going to be very relevant soon in the, the news section. Uh, Controller Club, a video game podcast. So Klein, thank you for joining me as always. Uh, how are you doing today? I love the Mario Kart shirt, by the way. It looks awesome. Yeah, no, I'm doing well. It is a beautiful Monday up here in Canada. It's been very warm. Summer has definitely hit. So if you like patio beers and the barbecue on, it is like this is the place to be right now. But that also means that the second floor apartment, especially sitting here working from home, the woes of working from home with a computer tower right by your leg all day long, it gets sweaty. It's it's I'm glad we're doing glad recording this when we are because it is not quite as warm as it's going to get. Uh, But yeah, by the by the afternoon, I will be like, ready to jump in a lake or a pool or something just because it's uh summertime is here i mean it's you know woe is me world's smallest violin but i just imagine you like finding the nearest lake or pool and just like sweating bullets after writing like five articles today and just diving on in um man (laughs) before we get to everything you need to know i got to see mission impossible part one dead reckoning whatever the hell it's called it is it is truly a part one for sure um, they they show it on the big screen, and it's interesting they leaned into that, unlike Across the Spider-Verse, where that was supposed to be part one and part two. It is, but they didn't actually leave it in the title. Uh, this one did, so Dead Reckoning part one. Um, I saw it yesterday. 
It's a wonderful time. I think Tom Cruise is just on quite the path right now in his these like not elder years of his career. It's not quite Harrison Ford, but this like uh, next second wind, third wind of his career. It's unbelievable. The action is just so cool. It really, to me, it's a testament. There's something about getting behind a movie where you know a lot of the action is done practically and you feel it a little bit more like when he's falling and running and gliding and all these crazy things, practically falling with style, basically. Um, it's so cool to know that he's been doing that. Like, he did that. That's actually him, you know, and there's moments even just like kind of chuckling with uh, me and Jasmine in the theater, her looking at me like it just looks like Tom Cruise is out there having fun right now. <laughs> like that. that's all I'm really getting out of this movie. I think Haley Atwell is the big star of this one, though. Like Tom Cruise is doing the Tom Cruise thing, but Haley Atwell, I think, elevates this movie to new heights, in my opinion. I think she is the perfect addition to this franchise, and I cannot wait for more people to see the movie. I'm happy I was able to see it yesterday because it's just a wonderful summer flick, and I hope it does wonderfully at the box office. Klein, what's your level of excitement in terms of Dead Reckoning Part 1? I am I'm itching to see this movie. I've been kind of tweeting at every all my media friends who've gotten to see the film early. Uh, some of them have already seen it more than once and then we'll probably be going again this week simply because it's it is now out. Um, it came out a weird like Sunday Monday release, but it's it's the, the whole IMAX Tom Cruise shenanigans right uh, that pushed it up. but I am I, I can't wait for this film. Uh, we've been doing a rewatch here in the house of all the movies. And I, I hadn't watched the whole series all the way through from front to back uh, in quite a while. I'd only ever done it once before leading into Fallout. And I think it cemented this time. I'm like, I think these are like my favorite movie, like movie franchise of all yeah. time. It's just like, as you said, it, there's something, especially in these later ones, basically from Ghost Protocol on, you get some of it in three I think one is like a is a '90s classic, but like these modern this modern era, like there's just something about the practicality that adds something to it. Like it really does. You see, like Fallout, you just rewatched it. You see him jump, and you know he broke his foot on one of those stunts, and you see it happen, and he gets up and he continues running, and you're just like, man, like it, it's a simple window jump that you see Tom Holland do in any which action movie that he's in. You see it happen all the time on the big screen. But the fact that it's actually him doing it, it just it adds so much to it. Um, and yeah, he just Tom Cruise looks like he's having so much fun. I he's crazy. I don't understand him. It's yeah. just like I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna get my helicopter's pilot license for this one, or I'm gonna yeah. for last year. Like I'm gonna learn how to withstand the G forces like necessary to fly an actual fighter jets. Like yeah. it's just he's wired completely differently and say what you will about him off the screen but man like he can he can open a picture of this guy like he <laughs> he knows how to uh he knows how to make he's making blockbuster movies i think unlike anyone else's in the business right yeah. now and uh for kind of i think different reasons as well he's just doing some good stuff out there yeah. i'm excited and, to see what comes next yeah and not to bring it back to marvel with everything but i am wearing my no way home shirt and there's something about we talked about tom holland for a second it's you know it sprung this in my mind that scene in the condo the fight scene with goblin where it's tom holland and william defoe i think that's probably the best action sequence we've gotten from spider-man in the mcu because of how grounded and real it felt and you can see it in the behind the scenes right they're on a set of course but it's very practical and it's very much so 
Tom Holland and Willem Dafoe going at it and being strung to wires and all this cool shit. And you can really feel that impact when watching the movie. And God, what a scene. But speaking of Marvel, speaking of the MCU, let's break out those claws with everything you need to know about the universes you love. That's slander. It is not. I resent that. Slander is spoken. In print, it's libel. Here we go. Deadpool 3 is coming. Look, they pushed this movie up uh, six months, practically, to the primetime marquee Marvel Studios May 2024 date, which was current. Well, sorry, which was previously Captain America 4, Brave New World. So we've got a lot to go to break down because all of a sudden this week, it's been a kind of a slow news week. But on the Deadpool 3 front, there's been plenty to chew on. Uh, first up, according to a new report from The Hollywood Reporter, Jennifer Gardner will reprise her role um, as Electra, where she previously starred or, you know, played her in Daredevil. I don't even know what year that was from, like 2003, 2003 I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 2003. And then she was in the spinoff Electra movie two years later in 2005. So like almost 20 years. So she's back in Deadpool 3, apparently. Um, we're going to talk about this rumor in one second, but let's talk quickly about these new suits. So first up, it happened a few days ago. Ryan Reynolds' new Deadpool suit. It looks a little more vibrant in terms of the red. Check all this out in the direct.com, by the way. We have some great articles up on all these photos uh, where you can check everything out. Now, the new Deadpool suit, it looks very classic. It looks very Deadpool. Nothing too crazy change, but the red looks a little bit, I would say, very brighter. Red. Yeah, very, very red. Um, And the big news, okay? This is breaking today. Official. Hugh Jackman on his Instagram story posts him walking alongside Deadpool. By the way, Matt wanted me to say he teared up when he saw this image. Um, just about Matt's thoughts on this. Deadpool, Hugh Jackman in a style yellow suit. Um, and it's him. He, he is back as Wolverine in a proper comic book. Very yellow suit. So let's start with that one, Klein. That's kind of the breaking news this morning. What are your thoughts on, you can talk about Deadpool as well, but what are your thoughts on Hugh Jackman's new Wolverine suit? Well, I mean, this is what everyone wa- has has wanted. You talk about Matt tearing up, and I don't want to call Matt like, like one of the elder statesmen of the comic book fandom, but like he's, he's a fandom he's historian. Of, exactly. And he's of an age where like those X-Men movies mean a lot to him. And, and I'm a couple years younger than that. And I remember those movies being a big part of me growing up as well. And forever and ever and ever, it was like, these are great. But it's it was early 2000s, black generic leather or like gone are the days of the just white tank top. It seems like that for a long time was what Hugh Jackman's Wolverine look was even up to Logan, like a lot of that movie. That's all he's wearing. Like this is him doing the comic book thing, which I think is really cool. I I have a feeling over the last uh, probably I really first probably attribute it back to um far from home funnily funnily enough is we've really started to lean into the like comic book costume of it all we we did the comic book story people started to understand that and then like the far from homeness for me was like it was mysterio i'm like oh okay they're like they're actually doing the fishbowl head that's cool and it looks good yeah and so we're getting we're we're finally getting that with wolverine like we're getting the I don't want to call it silly, but it is. It's kind of this bright yellow, totally different thing totally silly. than, we've ever, yeah. than <laughs> we've ever gotten. What I want to know is 
do we get the headpiece? Like, do we get the mask? Because we got that teased in Wolverine, I think it was at the yes, very, very, the... at the very, very end. Um, which I would like. I I don't think they do the whole movie with him in the headpiece, but I would like something like at the final battle. Yeah, it's got to be there, right? My my assumption. So you know, the suit looks cool to me. I think generally, I think just the shot, the image that he posted, just looks badass dude just the two of them ketchup walking in a desert yeah ketchup and mustard just this movie is going to be awesome um and how could anyone not say that it's gonna be rated r disney's not really handcuffing them in any way it seems like we're gonna talk about the the rumored plot in a second um this just looks fantastic on the headpiece my what i i guess i'm theorizing assuming a little bit is that he's gonna start in the headpiece and it's going to be some oh. sort of like ec- other world like you know some multiversal variant of Hugh Jackman that is in this suit you know it's not the it's not the Logan that we saw from James Mangold's Logan it's going to be a Wolverine that is from some other universe right maybe it's 838's Wolverine just for instance or you know what whoever's whatever earth Wolverine this is already has a headpiece on and this is maybe after he's like got it bashed and bruised and taking it off so that's just an assumption i think we definitely see the headpiece with considering this is the first image we're getting like they are going for it in this movie there's definitely no holding back so speaking of no holding back let's talk quickly on this rumor so pretty much after the Jen- jennifer gardner news dropped which is from the hollywood reporter you know a trade very reliable and seemingly and it's been confirmed uh essentially by Ryan Reynolds production company, I believe it's his production company, I think. Yeah, um, they, they tweeted up, tweeted about it with like a weird X-Men tease in it as well. Yeah. So with that being said, um, look, this is the first proper 20th century Fox um, movie that Disney Plus or Disney is doing and Marvel Studios is doing because since the 2019 buyout of 20th century Fox, now it's 20th century studios. I'm not sure if this is going to technically be a 20th Century Studios movie. I think it's a Marvel Studios production. Um, but at the end of the day, all that previous regime is kind of gone. And this new rumor is basically stating that this movie is going to be about bringing in as many Marvel previous X-Men and Marvel characters into the film just for Deadpool to kill them all and basically create a clean slate for this new mcu x-men universe so klein what are your thoughts on that what are your thoughts on basically the concept of the film generally being we get an assortment of cameos as many as you can possibly fathom as many as they can possibly pull in for a day of shooting just to kill them off and create a new universe for the x-men within the you know within the playground of the mcu i mean i love it like this is so Deadpool to me and it just feels like something that maybe under 20th Century Fox like would not have been possible on its own but now they they kind of have the the machine and the resources of Disney and Marvel Studios not to say 20th Century Fox was any slouch when it came to that but like I do think being under the Marvel Studios banner does give some people a little more confidence with coming back I don't think Jennifer Garner would want yeah. to return like those two movies that she were she was in were not liked like they 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 are Electra has an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes like it's the fact that she (laughs) wants to come back and get back into that role I think is 
fascinating. Again, it's probably going to be for some short little thing, short little cameo, and they're going to kill her off or whatever. And I want to see what else, like, this is going to sound absolutely crazy. I have a story up over on the direct.com about it, but like, does Ben Affleck come back? Right. Like that's, that's now on the table. Whereas a week ago, it definitely wasn't. And I can see a world where something like that does happen. What about like the original fantastic four movies? Like are those people in this? Are we going to see Chris Evans? Is Chris Evans? Did we get to see Ryan Reynolds kill Chris Evans, human torch? Like that's, that to me is like amazing. It does sound amazing. And, It's funny because a year ago, I felt like we were in a very similar place with a very different movie. And it was with Doctor Strange 2. Leading into that, it was like, I can't wait for Tom Cruise's Iron Man. Like, this is going to be amazing. We're going to get all these different variants. And we didn't. And I think Deadpool is going to live up to that promise, albeit in a very, very different fashion. Um, And this isn't the first time that Deadpool has done something like this. I know that the comics, I'm not the biggest comics guy in the world, but Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe is like a very famous deadpool story and that's him going through and taking out all the avengers and stuff like that but riffing on that and doing it with all these legacy like i doubt it happens but is toby in this like it's it's out there it you never know like (laughs) all it could be anything at this point which i think is so cool um and the more they reveal about this film it's like an onion every layer we pull back i'm like give me like that has to be it, right? And then they show me one more thing or tell me one more thing. And it's like, oh no, like there's so much more in here. And I just, I can't wait to hear more. And I can't wait to see this thing. And it's less than a year away. Absolutely, man. I, this is probably my most anticipated Marvel movie right now. I think, I think for a lot of people it is. Um, Now, moving over onto the blue brand, speaking of very highly anticipated films, at least for me, Oh, we've got some Superman legacy updates. Obviously, just recently, David Sweat and Rachel Brosnahan were cast as Clark Kent and Lois Lane, respectively. But now we've got some official updates from James Gunn, the writer, director, and executive of this bad boy that's going to be rebooting the new DCU. So let me run through these, Klein, and I'll get some of your thoughts. So Clark Kent will be David Sweat age, meaning in the film, he's not going to be 25 he's not going to be 22 he's not going to be even 27 let's say he's going to be around 30 i think that's really the best way of putting it he's going to be around 30 it was just his 30th birthday they're planning on starting production on this bad boy early 2024 apparently and it will release july 11th i think july 11th um 2025 so he's not going to be super young okay that's kind of the first confirmation it also is set to be a reboot that will the reboot sorry obviously it's a reboot is going to be a workplace origin story. So the Daily Planet, I think, is essentially going to be very prevalent. Obviously, I know they're going to be casting a new Jimmy Olsen. Um, Lois Lane is, of course, already there. I mean, they, they casted they cast those two first for a reason. But James Gunn did say it will not be an origin story by any means. He said officially, I think we've I think we've seen his origin enough in film at this time, and that there is no young Clark similar to man of steel and look man of steel takes it, the whole movie is an origin story that's the whole point of the film you know even if you listen to snyder or henry cavill talk about man of steel him killing zod at the end is because it is an origin right and the superman going forward wouldn't kill but he does in that movie because it was his only choice and we had multiple young clarks a whole backstory on you know krypton on smallville <clears throat> So, Klein, what are your thoughts on Superman Legacy kind of doing the 
Spider-Man Homecoming, the Batman kind of a angle, right? Where he is already Superman. He is already working at the LA planet. And here we go. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, it's we've again, the like comic book movie kind of thing has elevated and and I think moved past these straight origins. Uh, we we know how it works. Like we we know where Superman comes from. So start us on instead of chapter one, chapter two, and right. we can pick up there. We can. I like this idea of it being early on in his kind of daily planet career and and that sort of thing. So we can have origin elements like perhaps a first meeting with Lois and the first time going into the daily planet and that sort of thing. Uh, I, I, this is the smart decision, I think, um, not yeah. to say we've had a ton of Superman origins on the big screen. Cause we, we actually haven't, right? Like it's been the, the seventies ones. And then I guess like, uh, returns was like, sort was of. an origin sort of, and then man of steel. It isn't like Spider-Man or Batman where I feel like we have gotten that a lot. And even in the films that weren't straight origins, it was like, they were kind of, they did a, I don't know, they beat it into people. Yeah. Uh, that, but I think this is a smart thing to do. Um, a little older than I thought we were going to get Superman. I thought initially mm-hmm. when it was first announced, it was going to be a early to mid 20s Superman rather than a late 20s to early 30s Superman, mm-hmm. which is which is interesting and different. And then what does this mean for the rest of the DC universe? Like, what is that? How how does an early 30s Superman play with like, what does the Batman look like now? What is the yeah. DCU version of that character? Um, what kind of dynamic do you do there? This does set them up in a good place where it's like, OK, start now at 30 and then you can have this guy ideally for the next 10 15 years who knows um 20 if you're feeling frisky i guess but uh, this is like 20. this is it's very <laughs> i don't know i never know dude I, the dcu buy it now gonna be here for the next 20 years hey i'm in man i'm in corn sweats my guy i'm excited like i am i think that this is a great starting point for them um and a very smart it does feel very by the playbook a little bit like this is what i was expecting but also that's probably the best idea i and you know one thing on this is look james gunn wrote the script well before he had cast corn sweat and now he's saying on twitter he's david corn sweat age okay like i think in a sense we need to kind of take that with kind of a grain of salt i don't think it's gonna matter is basically my point i think he and lois are still gonna be young reporters of the daily planet I don't think any of that really is going to affect, unlike, say, like Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Like he's 15 when we first meet him in the MCU. And that's important, you know, but he wasn't 15 in real life, obviously. Um, but it's important his age. I think for this, it's still going to be, I feel like it's still going to be young adults. I don't think it's going to be like, oh, I've been at the planet for 20 years now or or, you're t- or 10 years. I've been here a decade. I don't think that's going to be the vibe. I think it is going to be very young. And Corn Sweat, even Brosnahan, who was the oldest up for Lois Lane, they look young, you know, I wouldn't say they look, they could be in their 30s, but they could also be in their late 20s. And that works fine for me. I'm totally down for this being what I hope is the Spider-Man homecoming of the DCU, where we just jump in, you know, and we already know the movie is a lot about battling between his heritage in Smallville and his heritage in Krypton and kind of what that means. And 
maybe no flashback scenes, it seems like. We're not going to get any flashbacks, but still dealing with that is going to be at the crux of this movie, and I can't wait. Moving over to gaming, a topic we don't talk about too much over here, the red brand, but also some gaming over here. The Black Panther video game has just been announced. It, I know it, it had been rumored before, right, Klein? Or... A year ago, there was rumors of uh, a Black Panther game, and then we got this other Black Panther Captain America game announced last fall. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, and now there's the, there is there official confirmation that, yeah, a Black Panther game is coming. Yeah, so from Marvel Games, they say that Marvel Games and EA's latest studio, Cliffhanger Games, which I had never heard of before, um, are proud to announce a new original third-person single-player Black Panther title is in development. Klein, what are your thoughts? Have you heard of this whole new Cliffhanger Games? And when can we expect this to come out? Well, no one's heard of Cliffhanger Games because today was the day that they pulled the curtain back on Cliffhanger Games. There have been <laughs> okay. rumors about a year ago that this game was in development at a unnamed EA studio based in Seattle, that they kind of put together a super group of people who worked on a bunch of different games being led by, um, I'm forgetting his name right now, but one of the main people who worked on the Shadow of Mordor Lord of the Rings games, which people really liked a few years ago. So they picked him up from Monolith Studios and Warner Brothers. They said, we're going to give you a studio here in Seattle, Cliffhanger Games. And then it also features talent who've worked on Halo, Call of Duty, a whole bunch of like the big, there's just like basically it is assembling the Avengers of different AAA video game talent. Cool. And now they're doing a single player, third person Black Panther game. There was a a year ago, there was talk of it being open world, which I think could be very cool. One of the things that excites me most about it is the um, the Shadow of Mordor staff that are working on this. One of the big things with that game was something called the Nemesis system, where you could fight these little grunts. Or take out, like, you'd fight an or the orc army or whatever, and yeah. you could kind of see the tree of the army. And so when you took one of, like, the generals out, lower-level orcs would, like, spring up and move up. And say that general you took out comes back, he's going to remember you, and he's going to remember what happened. Now, Warner Brothers has a silly patent on that. I would love that in every video game. I just think it's so cool. It makes those interactions very cool. But yeah. what they talk about in the press release for this game is they want to build... They say an expansive and reactive world that empowers players. And so that, that to me doesn't, maybe they can't straight pull this nemesis system and put it in there, but they could do something like it and have a world that reacts to what players are doing and that sort of thing. As for when we see it, AAA video game development is crazy um, nowadays and there's so much money put behind it and games take a long time. I think this is, I don't know. They they they're so little um and so scarce with the details on yeah. this in this press release that this thing is very early. They're still hiring like a lot of positions. Uh one of the big things at the bottom of the press release was like, "Hey, here's the game. Come and join our team." So, it's probably I would say at least 3 to 4 years away. Um yeah, which is which is quite a while, but it's it's coming. It's out. It's going to be one of those now, one of those unicorn games that we hear about forever. Uh, right. Which, yeah. For I don't know, has its benefits and has its drawbacks, but it is out there after I guess more than a year of being rumored to exist. It's exciting though. I think it's Marvel Games is doing a lot of really cool stuff. We've got Spider Man two later this year. EA is doing an Iron Man game as well. 
Right. Uh, so they've now have two games being worked on at Electronic Arts, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I hope it works out. Look, I, I love what they're doing at Insomniac with Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Spider-Man 2. My most anticipated movie of the year, or not movie, game of the year by a mile, even though, ironically, the Super Mario Bros. Wonder comes out the same day right now, and that's that's a strong number two in terms of anticipation. And I guess I'll play Spider-Man first and try to grind through that and then switch over to the Switch. Um, but God, what a day that's going to be. I've I've been not playing video games a lot lately, just been busy and the PS5 is collecting dust, Switch is collecting dust, but it's it's waiting for that <laughs> for October right now because, man, is that going to be fun. On that, like with Insomniac, the action, the swinging, it's so good. I just hope that Black Panther, a Black Panther video game like this, it sounds awesome in theory. It better play really well. It better feel amazing to fight as T'Challa, if, if it's T'Challa, seemingly. There better be really cool like level ups, upgrades, maybe different suits. That could be really cool. Um, maybe some kind of gadget system, maybe some kind of like combo system. Um, they really, I think, need to nail the fighting style. Because if you think about it, I mean, he fights kind of similar. Like there's more scratching and a little more elusiveness to a Batman. But like, look at think about the, the Arkham games. Like those are such great bone crushing action. They're so they're so good. You know, it just feels amazing to fight as Batman. Similar how it feels amazing to spite the fight as Sup- Spider-Man, excuse me, um, in the Insomniac game. So I just hope that no matter how this game works out, it's just fun to play. Because, for instance, the Avengers game that came out, that wasn't that fun. You know, it was it was OK. You know, it was kind of buggy, but it wasn't just pick up a controller and every character feels amazing. It was like, ah, this one's more fun than that one. This one's more fun than that one. There's there's cool moments. There's like there's moments. But it wasn't fluid. It wasn't always awesome. So my biggest wish would be that it just feels great. You know, that it's just a fun game to play, pick up a controller, whatever the missions are. Fighting is just fun. And they have to nail that. I think it, I, I, I'm i just assuming it's going to take place in Wakanda, but I think that's going to be a big part of it as well. How does this differentiate itself from the MCU's Wakanda, which has become so like culturally iconic important i think iconic for sure and um how do you differentiate it and how do you make that fun to explore i think it it very easily can be done but i want to see it in practice before i render a verdict on any of that yeah absolutely okay now on to our main feature segment this week this is the 2023 movie stars draft It's draft time, baby. We're back with the 2023 Movie Stars Draft. Now, this is a very interesting draft, especially we were just talking uh, before recording post-pandemic, where pre-pandemic, our answers might have been a little bit different, but now we are post-pandemic. There is a slew of options, some old, some new. Uh, There are some great actors and actresses out there and some still big blockbusters happening today. I'm joined by Klein. Klein's been with me all day. Klein, how you doing? Say hi. I'm excited. I can't wait. Let's go. And we are joined by 24 minutes of A24 host, Ethan Simi. Ethan, how are we doing? Brought in the big guns for this big movie star draft. But thanks for having me, guys. I'm super stoked to be here. Um, I, I love a good draft and I always get in my head. So I'm totally uh, excited to implode on the podcast. I can't wait. Yeah, me too. Look. So movie star draft, let me just kind of lay out why we're doing this and what this is going to be. So this is in celebration of Tom Cruise. 
who we'll, we'll see where he lands in our draft coming up here. But he have you is, guys seen Dead Reckoning yet? Have you guys seen Dead Reckoning Part uh, One? I have. Klein hasn't. Not Great. yet. It's looking like tomorrow night it, it will happen. But yes. nice. I'm, okay, ex- cool. I'm excited. I live. <laughs> I, at love the, that. I bow at the the church that is Tom Cruise and the Mission Impossible franchise. <laughs> I thought you're going somewhere else with that for a second. Um, <laughs> um, so in you know in I guess celebration of Tom Cruise and this unbelievable 2022 and I'll say it already 2023 run and whenever Dead Reckoning Part Two comes out at the box office being a movie star i mean look part one has a 99 percent ron tomatoes for a reason everyone loved maverick it's unbelievable you know he he is the greatest stuntman movie star ever you know like everyone's favorite quote about him is he could have been a one of the best stuntmen ever if he wasn't so good at acting and we get both with him so today we're not only going to be drafting tom cruise obviously but there are a lot of other actors actresses that we think have a lot of value now. So to Ethan and Klein, the point for today and how I want you to kind of frame your picks. And there's a lot of ways to think about this, but don't think of it as, you know, in like, say a franchise mode and like Madden or something, or just like, if you're running a sports team, you want, there's a lot of value in younger actors. You can think of it that way a little bit, but this is if you're producing a movie right now, right? Like you are, you are casting a film and you're not trying to cast one movie. Like you're, picking each pick in a vacuum. You know, they can all be in three different movies, let's say, headlining three different movies for your decline studio and the Ethan studio. But um, it's only for right now. So you can't have, say, a young actor for 20 years. You're not, that's not the point of this. That is for, this is for right now. If you're casting a movie for this moment, it's going to release in, say, 2025. Who are you casting? So we're going to go three rounds. So we're going to each end up with three stars on our respective teams. We're going to randomly generate an order, which I'm going to do in about 30 seconds, and it'll be snake draft. So whoever is third pick will get four and, you know, you can kind of go back to back there, get the turn strategy wise. You know, I'm not sure with this one. Sometimes you kind of want the turn. Sometimes you want to go first. We'll see. You guys ready? Does everything make sense? Yep. All right. Yeah, I'm ready. So let's do the random order. Uh, I currently have all three of our names on here doing it live. It's a lot of pressure on this random order. I'm worried. Me too. Number one <laughs> overall pick. No, I'll go backwards. I'll go backwards. I'll be dramatic. Oh, ding. The third overall pick, Kleinfeld. <sighs> gets, the, gets the turn. Tough. Okay. With the second <laughs> overall pick, myself. Oh, let's go, baby. And with the number one overall pick, Ethan gets to kick us off in our movie stars draft. So, Ethan, you are on the clock. The floor is yours. Who are you taking? Number one overall. You love to see it. Look, I'm not going to mess around. I'm not going to beat around the bush. It's Tom Cruise. Number yeah. one pick overall. David Thompson, Kleinfeld, you guys know this. Tom Cruise is the greatest remaining movie star that we have today. Um, I mean, you talk about his run that's going on right now with with Mission Impossible, with Top Gun Maverick, with part two of Dead Reckoning coming out next year or or the year after whenever it does drop. Um, the guy is supposed to make a movie with with Christopher McQuarrie, another action film. He's supposed to do a Les Grossman film. I mean, he's not going away. He's not, he's not leaving anytime soon. He is the savior of cinema. He is the man that goes to bat every single day. He wakes up and he bows at the altar of, of the silver screen and says, how can I do you justice today? And he always finds a way. And uh, he, is, he is the man of Hollywood right now. And if there was a new movie announced tomorrow with Tom Cruise starring... 
people would be jacked. People would be very, very excited. And I'm just going to say, since it's my studio and I chose Tom Cruise, look what he's got in the bag. He can do things like Magnolia. He can do things like Vanilla Sky, like Collateral. You give him a couple more collaborations like that and you bring back an early aughts and a late aughts, like early tens Tom Cruise back to the box office and cycle that. That's some really high quality stuff. So all of that to say, Tom Cruise, without question, number one pick in the draft. Wow. Look, I mean, it was he is the 101. I think there's honestly a teardrop after this, in my opinion. Um, You know, I'm not kind of reveal my big board or anything, but to me, it's clear Tom Cruise was him. Um, I think he really is the biggest star in Hollywood and has the most power in Hollywood, too. I think from a power standpoint and like controlling power, you know, think about Maverick. He demand it was in his contract how long the movie was going to play exclusively in theaters. How badass is that? You know what? What other star is doing that? He's got Paramount wrapped around his finger and now he does Ethan too. any thoughts on Tom Cruise number 101 there, Klein? Hey, it's like it's the most wash pick of all wash picks. Like you have to like you have to do it, Um, especially as we were saying before we got on here post pandemic. He's kind of been the only sure thing at the box office. It's been him, a underwater avatar movie, a Super Mario Brothers movie and Spider-Man. And like, that's kind of it. So I think you got to do it. I think you have to take it. Um, It's interesting, Ethan, you bring up like the early aughts. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know if he still has. I don't know if that Tom Cruise still exists, right? Like he hasn't done a he hasn't done a Jerry Maguire or anything like that in a very long time. Um, It's been a lot of I mean, he hasn't even done really anything other than Mission Impossible and Top Gun for a very long time. Like for a while, he was doing some cool stuff in the like 2010s, the Edge of Tomorrow's and like Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But right now, like you want to talk bankable. There's not much more bankable you can get than Top Gun and Mission Impossible. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think you bring up an interesting point, right? Like Magnolia is 99, Vanilla Sky is 01, Minority Report 02. These are all with massive, you know, filmmakers. Though You're talking the, the Spielbergs and the Paul Thomas Andersons of the world and things like that, that have kind of parted ways with with this idea, this essence of what Tom Cruise is um, and how he does control the box office, which I think is really interesting. Um, I'm. I wouldn't say like maybe he's he's not done with that. Maybe we do see like a potential renaissance with something like that would be pretty fun. Uh, But what I do think is interesting about this Tom Cruise pick is that he's not in comic book films. He is not in. He is in franchise Mission Impossible, but it is his franchise that does not exist without Tom Cruise. So I, I find that very fascinating in the terms of things that we all agree that unanimously he's he's the number one pick. Meanwhile, you have. You know, if you look at the list of like the top 100 grossing actors of all time at the box office, like most of the top 25 are MCU stars and people that have continued to be prevalent at the box office. Um, I think someone outside of that spectrum and that realm holds a lot of extra cachet when it comes to trying to draw someone to the box office. I mean, David, you've seen Dead Reckoning Part One. I'm not sure how you how you saw it. I was able to see it like a like a first come first serve kind of a pre-screening thing. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll just tell you uh, 70% of the people that were there over the age of 65. Um, really? Obviously wow. they, yeah. They had nothing to do with their time, I assume. So they're, they're just like, let's go see <laughs> a new Mission Impossible movie. But like, yeah. they showed up, they showed up and they're going to keep showing up. And like, they, I assume they enjoyed it to some extent. So 
Um, yeah, I think Tom Cruise is is essential to the survival of cinema right now. And um, without him, I post pandemic, you're looking at a really worrisome box office. Yeah, I um, it, absolutely look. Tom Cruise to me, he's just post pandemic, as you're saying, he's kind of almost taken the reins now. It's funny you mentioned. I'm going to lead into my pick now because that's enough on Tom Cruise. We talked about him enough in this. <laughs> I want to keep living in my pick. I love I my pick. <laughs> I know. I mean it. It's it is it was the pick. If you hadn't picked him, I would have kicked you off the pod. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Fair. But heading into number two here, like I said, I think there's a teardrop because there's just no one really near the echelon of Tom Cruise currently. I'm going to go with someone who has been in a lot of Marvel movies. I'm going to go with someone who has made a shit ton of money because of Marvel movies. I am going with someone who right now may not be the hottest name, but it's Robert Downey Jr. I think this guy's charisma, his star power, he's coming back in Oppenheimer. I think I think he plays a pretty minimal role in the film, but there's something about RDJ that it's kind of a, a pick where because it's current, if I was running a studio, I would make a Robert Downey Jr. movie that's not Dr. Doolittle, <laughs> you know, something maybe a little bit more serious, something a little bit more where he is the star and it's not in this, it, it is maybe more action. He gets to kind of do the whole Robert Downey Jr. thing, I suppose, and not not do an, maybe it would be hard getting out of the Iron Man shadow. I think that could be maybe a challenge, but I think just star power wise, people would rally behind him. Um, I would love to see him in a leading role in one of these big budget movies, um, which we haven't we really haven't seen. You know, he's going to be an Oppenheimer. But like I said, he's not the leading role. It's not Killian Murphy in that thing and beyond. So I'm going Robert Downey Jr. solely off the fact that I think people just simply love him as an actor and he needs I would like to invest in him in finding a real rhythm outside of iron man because i think it's there and i think he's mm -hmm. hunting for it and looking for it. and oppenheimer might be the beginning of that but i want to see it i really want to see it, and i believe in that potential specifically at the box office so what do you guys think going up there junior i could have gone a million places here but that's just where that's that's why i think it would be my second pick i think that it's i see where your head's at i do i don't necessarily 100 percent agree with it but you talk about him getting out of the Iron Man shadow. And I think that's interesting. Um, we got tastes of that since Iron Man, uh, a big franchise play in the Sherlock Holmes movies did two of those. And then now it's like, where's, I mean, people seem to want a third one. Um, right. But I think that maybe a few years ago, it's just, he is all, he's getting up there. Like he, like he is getting a little older and I don't know if, I, I don't know if Robert Downey Jr. has the cachet that Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man has, you know, mm. um, I, I <laughs> yeah. think I think it's it's a similar thing, a similar uh, way I feel to Tom Holland, where a couple of years ago, I would have said, like, Tom Holland can open a movie and boom, like it's going to. And now we've gotten a few of those. And it's been like, ooh, like, I don't know how I feel about Cherry on Apple TV Plus. <laughs> uh, so I think that like and and so I think that he cannot really get out of that spider-man shadow and rdj i feel is in that even more so maybe i i do think it's interesting i think it's a very distinctive pick from the clear winner the number one overall pick tom cruise which i have on my team um who who is in fact older which i think is interesting as well rdj for me 
is a very stark um, kind of Hollywood changer. He does have a lot of power in what he brought, obviously, to movies today. I mean, he created Iron Man, of course. And there's this really interesting pivot in time between 07 and 08. So 08, he becomes Iron Man. He he lives in the MCU for essentially 15 years and, and cannot get out of that shadow, truly. Um, 07, he's Paul Avery in Zodiac, the David Fincher film. I I believe that is his, his best role that he has so ever good. had. I think that's before society and Hollywood realized this guy's this guy can just be Iron Man. He's just a living embodiment of Iron Man, and that's what he can do. That happened before, and 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 as Paul Avery, I think he really dug deep into his his acting kind of treasure trove. Um, what I do think is pretty exciting, of course, we mentioned Oppenheimer, but he has this show coming up in in co production with A twenty four called The Sympathizer, created by Park Chan Wook. Park Chan Wook famed international auteur, um, incredible filmmaker. He is playing several roles in this show, all of differing uh, physical appearance and stature. And I think that's really him trying to get back to that and trying to pull outside of that MCU shadow. So I'd be very curious to see if that does happen. Of course, it is a TV show, but again, made by an incredible filmmaker that has international uh, recognition, should have international Academy Awards recognition, but unfortunately doesn't. Uh, Things like that. So I think there's good things on the horizon for for RDJ. I can see where you're coming from, David. Um, yeah. You know, I, I hope you're the best in your studio, but. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, Klein, you got the turn here. Back to back picks. Where are you starting us off? Um, I am going to start. I had trouble putting this board together, to to be honest. I had Same. names and shuffled them nine I, or ten I times. I whipped mine together so fast. <laughs> I, I, I threw mine together and then have like changed things over and over and over again but number two on my board for a lot of the time that i've had this big board put together has been this name ethan will appreciate it because he is a member of the babylon hive she's yes a superstar and she's about to open what might be one of the biggest and probably one of the biggest movies of her career uh and i'm gonna say margot robbie excellent choice what i wish she could be what isn't the thing so the thing with margot robbie that i love is it's she does it all she's harley quinn and she's in babylon like she like it's she's doing she's incredible the, in babylon not she's just doing babylon, the she um is babylon. the franchise play as well as making these big academy award-winning movies and she's barbie <laughs> like i have a feeling that and for a lot of for a generation of people margot robbie will be barbie which is absolutely crazy and so I had just she's when it comes to especially female stars on the uh, on the big screen, like she's probably the most bankable one we have right now. Um, right. And it surprises me every single time someone tells me how old she is, because it feels like she's been in my life forever. And then I realized she was like 22 when she made Wolf of Wall Street and crazy. Is, yeah, <laughs> it's wild. I will say on my big board. And it's not the longest list in the whole world, but she's only one of two actresses, women on on my board. And she oh, might have been my 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 second round pick uh, just because I think it is. Look, I think Margot Robbie has been in a lot of great movies. And I think as an actress, she's awesome. I don't think all of her movies, I think with just defending my RDJ pick a little bit like he has made big bucks left and right. Obviously, it's Marvel. You know, Marvel. Marvel is one thing. And Doolittle was shit. And, you know anything else you look at, but 
he has been the leading role in movies that have made insane amounts of dollars, <laughs> you know, and he earned an, a tremendous amount um, because of it. Margot Robbie, I think, is a wonderful actress, but what has she been in as a leading role that's really been like this crazy big box office? Now, it could be Barbie. I think it will be Barbie, actually. I think, I think it definitely this, will be Barbie. I, yeah. I, and I yeah. think that's a great pick because that's kind of projecting you get her after Barbie, theoretically, in this little world we're living in. You get her coming off hot of Barbie in whatever she's going to be in next. But, you know, uh, Babylon was it wasn't a hit you know it was it was it was a flop at the box office and it, it was weirdly marketed and just a lot of weird press around it's that developed one, a weird even. cult like yeah <laughs> it's it, in 10 years babylon's gonna have this whole like just contingent of people i mean it already kind of does contingent of people that like you want to see the definition of cinema put on damien chazelle's <laughs> three-hour hollywood epic i can't tell if you guys are mocking me or if you're hyping me up. oh no Either i'm way, poking I fun really I'm def- i haven't i have not <laughs> taken, i haven't seen it, it. Babylon is one of those films, I cannot tell you how many times a week this happens, Ethan Simi, where I'm sitting at home, I have Paramount Plus open, and I love Damien Chazelle. I love Damien Chazelle. And I look at it and go, not today. Oh, my God. (laughs) It will happen. And I I know just from my taste and the taste of people who I know who adore this film that I will join the hive. I just don't know if I'm, it's like, a, you know, I'm like at the front door of the cult and I'm like, mm-hmm. do I not? I'll let you like, in. I know we are, the code. We are welcoming. Like, I, I, <laughs> come on in, join. I don't know if I'm going to like Babylon Hive Klein. Like that's the, that's the thing I'm worried <laughs> what you about. Turn into. The interesting thing with Babylon uh, and, and of course that's a very fair point. Like Babylon is one of the biggest bombs in, in recent history. It, it is so much bigger than Margot Robbie. And I know I sound like a Babylon Hive guy that's like, you know, Babylon's so great. And it's like, it is, it's very, very, very good. I love it. That movie is so much bigger than Margot Robbie. So when you try to market Margot Robbie as like the star, sure, she is the leading actress and and she is the main kind of through line to that film that is um, very verbose and audacious, but that film covers so much more than her. So I think it's doing her a little bit of a disservice. Um, I love the 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 Margot Robbie pick is really interesting because I do think with Barbie coming out, her her stock is about to skyrocket. Yeah. She's, She's doing really, an oceans movie. Yeah, so doing an oceans movie, potentially doing a pirates movie in the future. We'll see yeah. if that that's been on and off for a very long time now. Uh, she is kind of getting this uh, reputation of maybe not being a box office bomb, but may, but not drawing the original box office dollars that people think she deserves. So I'm interested to see how Barbie fluctuates that and changes that kind of societal perception of, of what she's able to lead in and what movie can truly be hers. Um, because Amsterdam flopped, Babylon flopped, um, Asteroid City did, did fairly good business at the box office and then got pulled onto VOD for some odd, weird, strange studio reason. Um, so, you know, I just think there's a lot of up in the air, but I, I appreciate you, you know, uh, picking Margo because, like David said, I'd love to have her on my team. So good job. <laughs> Thirty-three <laughs> years old. That just—that's crazy. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> All right, Klein. Next up, you get the turn here. So second round, kick us off. Oh man! So this is like my only surefire pick that I knew where I wanted to go was Margot Robbie. Uh, nice. If I could get her in the first round, now I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I think what I'm going to do is somebody who has is a is a part of a franchise has shown he has the chops to show up in, in some pretty like and and give some pretty amazing performances in awards level movies and that sort of thing as well just had his directorial debut come out earlier this year and that's michael b jordan 
Nice. Mm, wow. Okay. Um, I think that the, the Creed films obviously have been a massive success and have completely reinvigorated that franchise. Um, the Rocky slash Creed thing. Um, Michael B. Jordan himself, part of the franchise thing, obviously, as one of, if not, I think he might be my pick for my favorite MCU villain uh, as Killmonger. And just like he and has shown he has the chops to go even beyond that. I hate to go it's so long ago and he was such a kid, but like his stuff in the wire really early on in his career is amazing. And he's just like a 10 year old. You look at Fruitvale Station, him and Ryan Coogler's first kind of thing together. He's awesome. And then he can also do like the whole like action movie thing um, popping up in like Amazon Primes. He's done a few Tom Clancy yeah. kind of um adaptations with two varying degrees of success but like i feel like this is another i don't want my picks to like all be momentum picks but like this is another name that is going to be around for a very very long time and i would like if i was had a studio right now i would be getting into the business of michael b jordan as soon as possible really nice pick line look i didn't have michael b jordan on my big board but i think that is honestly on me i i feel like he is a really good pick here especially because he like you said he's led these creed movies you know he really is the star of them so i think it's a great pick ethan what are your thoughts on the second round pick now klein you gotta wait around for that third rounder who knows i know gonna fall to you yeah <laughs> i know that's what i was worried about i'm like it's what tough. do i do here because i do have a couple other names and it's like but you know what like i think i i am feeling happy margaret robbie and michael the jordan first two is yeah i think i'm, I'm feeling good I do I do think Michael B. Jordan is a good pick. I do think it's more of a potential pick for sure. Outside of the Creed franchise, he hasn't had a ton of success, um, unfortunately. But of course, hoping the reception that Creed 3 got was was quite positive. So fingers crossed that that looks pretty good. The thing with Michael B. Jordan is you kind of get Ryan Coogler with him. And yeah. they're, they're really one of the very few remaining like super duos in Hollywood, right? You talk about, I mean, you still have like Scorsese and, and DiCaprio um, that are kind of, you know, becoming the Scorsese and Pacino of our time and those types of things. But like that, that connection that those two have with their storytelling ability is something special. Talking about both of them, I, I, I think they could bring a lot to the table if Ryan Coogler, and, and I know you picked Michael B. Jordan, but if Ryan Coogler gets like, outside of the wheel, right? Outside of the franchise wheel and the, the gears that move the money um, and allow him to make a personal project and, and do this like one for you, one for me. If he can make something completely original with Michael B. Jordan, that's, that's a huge opportunity for a huge hit. And I think Michael B. Jordan is that guy that you could put on the poster, single guy, one name, just his face, just his body, whatever you want. And people will look at that and be like, that looks like a good movie. So I, I do think that there's some pretty good stuff. He was not on my big board. Um, and that's just because I didn't, I don't, I didn't rate him within this like kind of 10 list that I made um, in case you guys chose all of my picks, which is um, has not been happening, which is great. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think it's a good pick for sure. Okay. Second round. Here we go. Um, I have Robert Dan Jr. So far, I am going to be picking a young buck. An up and comer. Oh, yeah, this is where I was going to go. Oh, I know no. what you're doing. Potential was... through the roof. And I don't know where the ceiling is for this guy. Timothy Chalamet. Oh, okay. Damn. Opening yep. Dune Part 2 and good one. Wonka this year. 
and I get this guy in my studio. I considered him my number one overall pick, actually, or my, my first rounder over RDJ. But oh, I wanted I wanted an older guy. I was on the Tom Cruise train. How many Iron Men can we get in this list? Um, so I'm going with Timothy Chalamet. I think he's an, an incredible actor. I think he has a ton of potential for big box office hits. Like I think Dune Part Two might be, and then also just critically, right? I, I think he has a lot of Oscar potential down his career. And this is obviously look. This is not a, a dynasty draft where I'm I'm drafting for 20 years, like we said. This this really is for a movie that I would release next year, the following year. He's just hot. I think he's only going to get hotter, similar to the Margot Robbie kind of argument where it's like this Barbie is Barbie movie because it's Barbie because of the way it's marketed and the way it's really caught fire is going to be great for her career. Same, I think, here with Dune 2. Dune 1 didn't get a proper theater release. I think Dune 2 is going to go gangbusters the box office because it looks phenomenal the the marketing so far is so good another fantastic cast but who's at the top timothy chalamet a young star so he's my pick here i'm excited to kind of get a little a little balance i would say in terms of like ages you know where i got like an older older guy um who's done it before and then timothy chalamet who i think could do it and dune might be just that dune might already be the franchise for him i might just be warner brothers and, and be like all right Keep making those Dune movies because they're gonna just print us money. So, what were your guys' thoughts? Ethan, was uh Timmy on your big board? I know we hadn't been touching a lot of your uh, guys over there. Yeah, so uh Timmy wasn't on my big board, but I respect it, and I think it's a pristine <laughs> pick for this kind of a draft. If you look at his his recent movies, I mean, you go back to 2019, Little Women, he's working with Greta Gerwig. The guy knows <laughs> knows how to make very good films. Um, the French so just passed, working with Wes. Dune again, working, um, working with Denis Villeneuve. You've got Don't Look Up, working with, uh, working with. Um, why am I blanking? Um, I'm like one of my favorite, uh, yeah. one of my favorite guys. It's I see his face. Ta- oh um, man, it's he made the, uh, Anchorman guy. <laughs> yeah, he made Adam Step McKay. Brothers. Adam McKay. Adam McKay. Um, there we go. Bones and all, Luca Guadagnino, and then he, and then he's got Wonka, like you said. He's got Dune Part Two, and then he's got a Bob Dylan biopic. This guy is is around for the very very long haul and hollywood puts a lot of stock in him and he is able to do a an incredibly vast range of acting type of things a movie that nobody that i know has really seen beautiful boy like devastating film absolutely just truly immaculate emotional um and and conceptual from Chalamet and he's in movies like Ladybird. Like, I just think he's got the full range of what his potential is. He can be a franchise boy. He can also just be a little sad boy in a in an indie movie directed by, you know, it's one of your favorites. So I think there's a lot of good things with Timmy. And um he's in all of these movies for a reason. People yeah. love him for a reason. Um, David, you said you said he's hot and he's only gonna get hotter. I didn't know if you meant like in Hollywood or physically, but either way, <laughs> I agree on both fronts. I think it's he's incredibly line. good looking. I meant in Hollywood, um, but sure. Yeah. I saw I just saw him. He's got a new um like cologne ad. I saw it at the mall. It does. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, <laughs> he's look, got the him. best Apple TV ads out there. Like, yeah, they're, so, they're so good. <laughs> Great time. I am on the Timothy Chalamet um train as well. Like I he, I will say on my big board, not the Dune star that I had highest. Ooh. Um, but he is, you can't deny, like he is one of the hottest names. And I think it's only a matter of time when it comes to franchises. I think Dune is a bit of an exception. Yes, it's a franchise, but it's Denis Villeneuve. Like it is weird. It's got Hans Zimmer creating instruments. Like I, I wouldn't put that on the level of like a 
I don't know, Marvel or Star Wars or something. But I do think it's only a matter of time before one of those people. I can guarantee you Marvel Studios where every male hero opening they have has knocked on Timothy's door. And it's just like, so like, is now the time? It's going to happen. This guy is going to show up in one of these. He Timothy Chalamet will be a superhero at some point. Yeah. And he's also going to win an Oscar. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when and how many. And so you say maybe that's somewhere down the line. You know, David, I don't think it is. Like the movie that you buy into Timothy with here, it could be the like Oscar glory or big box office hit that you need. I don't yeah, know how I, I feel about Wonka. That's a that's a thing on its own, but like he it's hard to deny. He's one of the hottest names in Hollywood right now. Yeah, super hot in Hollywood right now. And I think like you said, MCU, the new DCU of James Gunn, Star Wars, these new movies they're going to be making. I, I feel like if you're any of those studios, you know, Disney owns two of those with Lucasfilm and Marvel Studios. But if you're Warner Brothers, I mean, he's already worked with Warner Brothers, so he might even have more of an in on, say, like a DC project, possibly, because that's kind of how this this goes sometimes. Um, but a sick I, Nightwing. Oh, man. He would make, I mean, it would be really cool to see him headline a superhero movie, because I think that would, it would, see, it's weird to say it would elevate his career it would from a certain point of view it would from like a general audience point of view let's say because i feel like critically and like acting chops wise he's got it and if you if you want to see him act his freaking ass off just watch little women everyone in that movie is phenomenal and he is just he's the linchpin to the movie you know because he is he's the boy <laughs> you know in yeah. a sense he's he's the little boy uh let's say of little women so um that's my second round pick now we head over to ethan who it's been a while since we heard from his tom cruise pick you've got a turn here so you're gonna okay. end end the second round and then lead off our final third round here that's that's tough because uh Two in a row is tough as it is, but then this is just like this is this is the end. This This is is it it was the beginning and now it's the end. (laughs) So (laughs) okay. This um actually my number two pick on my big board. So I've so far I've got one. I'm going with number two. Um in a movie coming out soon. I don't know when this pod drops, but I assume it's it's I assume it's pretty soon. So okay, great. Coming out in a movie next week. Friends with Margot Robbie, little guy named Ryan Gosling. No big deal. My boy. Um, look, this is a heart and a head pick for sure. I'm I'm a Ryan Gossing die hard. I will watch anything that he's in. I love him. No, I'm not seeing his entire filmography because I am only human, but he is he's it. He is the guy. I don't agree, excuse me, with all of <clears throat> his his choices. Unfortunately, he yeah. has got caught up in the Hollywood gear, the Hollywood cogs a little bit. Um, The Gray Man was supposed to be Netflix's next big franchise. Loved by audience members. I'm not sure how you guys feel about it. I think it is dog shit and a terrible film, and I'm not looking forward to any more of the installments. I'm sure he's getting a great big bag for it. Um, And he's becoming a synonymous name with Netflix. That's great for me, having him under my wing, under my studio. He's got The Fall Guy coming up, Project Hail Mary, both action, action films. Um, Wolfman, and he is supposed to be in the Ocean's Eleven film with Margot Robbie as well. You look at what Ryan Gosling can do. We're about to see Ken take place. He is uh, Neil Armstrong in First Man, a, a very quiet, reserved, um, um, emotional, standoffish type of actor that can convey so much without saying nearly anything. Um, the Nice Guys comedy peak buddy comedy if you turn out a buddy comedy with ryan gosling every two or three years it will smash at the box office every single time because we are 
desperately starved for that type of material. And he is the guy to do it. Um, La La Land, my favorite movie of all time. The dude can sing. He can look gorgeous. He he is um, a man that you can really play into pretty much every aspect of him. And then it's very similar with my Tom Cruise pick. But like you go back to to 2012, you go back to 2013. You've got The Place Beyond the Pines, The Ides of March, Only God Forgives. Like, this guy knows how to make a powerhouse neo-noir thriller. Um, Blue Valentine, one of the saddest movies ever made. Ryan Gosling's at the center of it. Um, Movies like this, like The Ides of March is a political thriller with Clooney. Like, the guy's been in everything. He can do everything. He is the man of the summer. Barbie reactions just dropped last night, and people are saying, um, good friend of of 24 Minutes of of A24, Jamie Gyrak, says... Give the man an Oscar. And look, I couldn't agree more. I'm I'm really excited to see what Barbie does for him. I'm excited to see his his upcoming movies. I think he can really do it all. He's been around. He knows how Hollywood works. And uh, he is a million percent a guy that you just you can make make a movie around. Yeah, I look, I love I like the pick because I like Ryan Gosling a lot. La La Land is one of my favorite movies. I never even saw The Gray Man, honestly. And I, after what you just said, I don't really plan on seeing it because I don't don't bother. I just <laughs> I just hate movies like that these days that open on Netflix. It's like, dude, I don't want to watch this on my couch. Like, you know what I mean? I, yeah. Nothing, nothing is attractive about that to me. None of these straight to streaming action movies. That is not what I want. And I think. My only critique of the pick, even though I love Ryan Gosling as an actor, we just recently watched Crazy Stupid Love and God, he's so good in that movie. It's just so great. Um, and I want to watch La La Land again almost like because of that movie. It's so funny. It's such a little like weird, like prequel almost. Um, but anyway, I think obviously Barbie's gonna be big. This is a this is becoming a Barbie draft. Kidding. But <laughs> we do have we do have both stars now from Barbie, so that kind of speaks to how well this movie's probably going to perform. I'm curious, I think. You're picking him. We'll see how Barbie does. I feel you're kind of picking him at a low price. You know, if this was like an auction draft, I feel like you wouldn't have to pay goo goo dollars for Ryan Gosling right now. I feel so like he's, he's a steal. You're saying he's a steal. He's a great pick. Yeah, I, I think he could be. I, you know, this 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 draft is completely theoretical, right? We're, we're just having a good time here. But I, I do think he has that potential. It's just interesting where his career is at. Like, I think what you've initially said with the gray man of it all, it's like, eh. I don't know. I just, I don't love the direction of it. And maybe it would be your studio, Ethan, that would kind of put him front and center. And in- Oh, we'd put him right. We'd make another drive. That's all I'm saying. We'd make another drive. Every <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that name to come up. That's what Blade I was Runner too. Going, come on, guys. Come Blade on. Runner? Jeez. Yeah, Blade Runner is awesome. Uh, Klein, thoughts on Ryan Gosling for As uh, a member of the like, third round? I, I think that uh, for me... I always attribute the social network to really reignite or igniting my passion for like movies and how movies work. But drive is what turned me into a like, like film bro, I guess Mm. you would call it. And so like anytime we can talk about the great Canadian savior that is Ryan Gosling, I am here for it. Uh, And I just, I'm with the both of you. And I think Ethan, you touched on a little bit, just dude, what are you doing? Like, just like, let's get back (laughs) to that place beyond the pines era. Like I love La La Land too. Uh, Blade Runner and stuff like that, but the last few years have not been kind to Ryan Gosling because he just hasn't been doing a ton of stuff. And when he has, it's been the Gray Man. So I'm excited for Barbie. He looks great, as as you said. Ever like it's not just the one review. People are saying there could be Oscar talk at the end of the year for Ryan Gosling as Ken in Greta Gerwig's Barbie, which is the Academy would just disintegrate the second they read that. So yeah. (laughs) 
I can I say one more thing about Ryan Gosling? Um, I think this this is true of, of Tom Cruise. We mentioned this is true of, of Margot and and others on the list here and, and RDJ especially. But like the current state of movies and cinema over the last five to six years with the pandemic has created those choices, has really forced those ideas upon people like Ryan Gosling, where movies might not be around for as long as people think they 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 will exist forever i'm sure but like the ability to make a drive the ability to make the place beyond the pines those opportunities don't exist so anytime that they can get a paycheck especially from netflix who is not afraid to pay out the paycheck they're probably going to take it and if it yeah. means more installments of a franchise they're definitely going to take it and i can i can respect that like the guy's got to make money he's he's got a, a beautiful wife that he needs to adorn with jewelry and and other physical things i'm sure but like i get it it's just like we need to correct for that and hopefully that does happen in the next five years uh who's to say with with the state of hollywood but we we will see how things go all right, so before we kick off the third round, let's discuss our team so far. Team Ethan is Tom Cruise and Ryan Gosling. Team David is Robert Downey Jr. and Timothy Chalamet. And Team Klein is Margot Robbie and Michael B. Jordan. Ethan, you are back on the clock to kick off the third round and round out your team. Who you got? Okay, so first first one of the third round, wrapping up my team here. Um, I do have some honorable mentions, I'm, I'm sure, at the end of this that we can speak to that We'll get there. We're a, a very tough decision to kind of decide what is going to make the cut and what isn't. So um, unfortunately, I, I will not be drafting an actress in this. There is somebody I had in the fourth spot. But if I'm able to take my third power ranking, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take my one, two, and three picks. That's just how life goes. Number three, starring in a movie coming out this fall from Apple TV Plus, screened at, um, at Cannes. Very good reception. Little movie called Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes. I'm taking Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Yep. Damn the it. Man is hot. The man is Hollywood. The man is Hollywood. He any single time you talk about the the idea of this draft, who is your movie star you're going to open a movie with? It's it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, and there's pretty little question about it. He is still someone that can make those choices that luckily has not had to fall into that. Um, kind of era of filmmaking that we are in now, partly due to the fact that he has been around for so long. I mean, Titanic just celebrated 25 years and I went to go see in the theater and I've and I fell in love with Leo even more. And I'm sure millions of other people did. Um, he is a, a leading man. He's notoriously obviously known for working with Tarantino. He knows exactly how to do that. Tarantino has another movie coming out. Very sparse details. We'll see if DiCaprio's in it. I I wouldn't be surprised if he is. Um like I said, Killers of the Flower Moon, one of the biggest movies of the year, sure to hopefully garnish him an Oscar nomination. Uh, Don't Look Up, we mentioned with Adam McKay a couple of years ago as well, um, a, a movie that I personally really liked that I thought he turned in um, a pretty impressive performance for. So I think DiCaprio is is the man. I mean, you you look at his you look at his filmography and you just every movie you're just like banger, banger, banger. So it's hard to get around the fact that he is a true modern day movie star that is still cooking up um, original investing or like intriguing investing films that every single person wants to see. Look, this is the first pick I'm pissed about. Um, Leo is definitely who I would have loved to get in this third round. Cause he, he is, 
he's just such a movie star. He, in my mind, is growing up. I was born in 98, you know, and mm -hmm. he, my entire life, he has just been the movie star. I would say if I think of like a true, just honest to God movie star, you know, who I only associate exclusively with being on the big screen and being incredibly charismatic in every single thing he's in, it's Leo. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. And that's an excellent pick. I think it's a great way to round out a team. I would have loved to do it myself. Uh, I might it's definitely, I'm now sitting here thinking, like, <laughs> where do I go? Because there's so many options. Um, Klein, obviously, Ethan, around that team with Leo. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, he's Leonardo DiCaprio, right? The only thing you could have held against him was he didn't have an Oscar and then he went and won an Oscar. And so, like, he is, we did it. He well is deserved. box office. All, I just keep, like, for me, the Leo performance, and I will say this or preface this by saying, one of my biggest movie sins is I've never seen Titanic. Um, it came out the same oh, day I did. Klein. Um, <laughs> I was born on I was born on Titanic. My mom day, was pregnant seen, with me when she saw it. I've never seen holiday. the movie. Um, but for me, Leo, it's Wolf of Wall Street. Like that, like that is yeah. I think that is his defining performance. Look at you cannot go on Twitter a day without seeing two or three different Wolf of Wall Street Leo memes. And mm -hmm. He's just the man is man's iconic. And so, yeah, I agree that he, this is a good pick. And and here's the thing about Leo, that he has this type of energy that once I get him under my wing at my studio, we're going to be like, Leo, you've been working so hard, man. We got to slow you down. You know, you're pumping out so many box office hits and he's going to look at me. and He's go. He's going to go, Ethan, I'm never fucking leaving. I'm never fucking leaving. And he's just going to storm <laughs> out. I mean, like, that's my boy. That's Leo. Jesus. So, OK, third round. This is really hard. I, I will mention it after the pod, but I'm between three names right now, and mm. none of them might even be who Klein would take right now. So I don't even Klein shouldn't be. I don't be think worried. it is. Judging think, from your last pick, I don't think it is. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I think I think all of us had very different boards, you know, and I think that's what's fun about this draft and kind of why I wanted to do it, because you can go so many directions. I think Tom Cruise is number one on everyone's. <laughs> and then two through whatever was whoever we like. And who I like in the third round. I hate DC. I hate the Snyderverse. I hate everything. What's but the hate? I am picking Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> oh I don't my give God. a. I don't give I a hate shit that. <laughs> I don't give He's a shit. He's gonna change movies forever about Black Adam. I don't care the about the hierarchy that of this draft has just been changed. <laughs> it has the hierarchy of the movie star draft has just changed. Look, he this guy. I know Black Adam was is what it was, and that has a that is a terrible taste in my mouth. He's been in so many big movies and he headlines so many of these movies. Big blockbuster. He's not the best actor in the world. This is like the anti Leo pick. You know, this is not he's not winning any Oscars. It's nothing like that. He is an action star who's going to do this forever, who is very loved, has a massive following on social media. People just really just love The Rock. You know, he's just a very lovable guy. People want to like run for president and all this nonsense. You know, he's just a he's a really lovable star, I would say. And I think the Black Adam, in all seriousness, was embarrassing, I think, for him and definitely like a sore subject, I think, for his career because he wanted to see, succeed so well and it did OK. But because it didn't take off like he wanted to and he wanted to be this big DC star, that doesn't help with my pick and kind of where I'm picking him at. But I think you throw him in practically anything and throw it on the big screen and it's going to make money. I mean, it, depending on the budget, depending upon what you're doing, kind of staying out of the press a little bit, just making it look like a proper Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Look, when I saw the new Fast and Furious movie, spoilers for that movie, I don't even care if either of you two haven't seen it. 
at the end of that movie when <laughs> when he pops up in like the little post credit scene it was spoiler before the movie even came out which is fucking ridiculous <laughs> who, who reported that it was nuts but uh anyway when that came out and in the mo in the movie the movie kind of sucked right fast x but when he's there and hobbs is there crowd went nuts you know and it was a great time so there's something to it i do think people just love him he's very very well known just like i would say he's maybe the he's one of the most popular actors on this pick in terms of just like mm -hmm. brand recognition kids know who he is everyone knows who Dwayne the rock johnson is so he rounds out my team honestly i would have gone leo here if he was still there he was like next up on a big board and i could have gone very very different directions with this pick but I'm going with a guy who's made a lot of money in his career and he's going to make me more money in the future. So The Rock's my pick and that rounds out my team. I will say I'm, about Dwayne The Rock Johnson and it's I maybe I, I don't get it. I'm I'm not a The Rock not a fan. I never have <laughs> been. It seems all my American friends are all like, yeehaw, he's our he's like, I'm with no, you. Klein. I can't. I'm anti-Rock. Um, you say he's made a lot of money, David, but something I'll say to you is he's also lost a lot of money. He has been in some bombs. I want to point you towards movies such as Skyscraper or <laughs> Rampage or like the, the man has been in some big films, but he also has been in some very not great movies. That's true. Um, he's been in a lot of movies have been <laughs> not great. I would love to see. And I mean, this is the complete anti Tom Cruise what if Dwayne the Rock Johnson has like a he was embarrassed by Black Adam and he does a late career turn and just starts pumping out like like goes like I, I never thought Sandler Dave Bautista had totally it. Totally goes the other well, way. Just goes the other way. Like I I didn't think Dave Bautista had it in him. Dude can act. Like Dave Bautista's got like yeah. look at him in Dune. Look at him in Blade Runner. Yeah. He's really good. Imagine a world where like Dwayne. I don't think it happens, but like that's where my head went with when you picked the name. I'm not a huge fan. I get it. He's on my list just at the very bottom. Um, yeah. Yeah. Here, Here's the thing. Now that I've finished my my uh, team and that we're in the third round, I can just berate your team. So right. um, because I'm I'm totally content <laughs> with mine. So he wasn't on my big list. Can I just point you to he has 10 upcoming films on IMDb. The most out of anybody oh. that's been picked on this list. I'm looking but at it right me, now. Let me just quickly for the listeners walk you through how many of these films are franchise or second installments. Yep. Um Red One. This is this is an original Netflix film, but it has been reported that Red One is literally being created as a brand play to sell merchandise and I, the idea of Netflix. Um and and The Rock is just a conduit for that it's him and chris evans property. right i i truth be told i have no idea but that I think it's would not surprise movie. me in the slightest um yeah. fast x part two moana a live action remake of a film that already exists yeah, it is. um Doc Savage the is... original actress of <laughs> i don't even get me started thing. on moana yet but who's um, there Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> You're welcome. Red, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Red Notice number two. The first movie was horrific. Jungle Cruise two. Um, untitled Fast and Furious film. Again, another uh, kind of fast franchise. Um, yep. San, San Andreas two. All of these movies. That's another uh, movie over, that didn't do a great half. San Andreas. <laughs> Why are they making a San Andreas two? That doesn't make sense. Their sequels. Um, like you said, he's had some really big bombs. I, I do. I give you credit. He is a charisma man he's an audience man he can totally get people together um and and i think he does offer something unique 
I, I don't know if movies are the way he should be doing that. That's that's all that I will say. <laughs> the tequila I, business, I think, is a little better. I guess it <laughs> <laughs> not as lucrative, the, but better. Mana. Um, got your zo. Anyway, I love The Rock. I guess I'm like the I, I think there is part of me that Respect. does just love him. <laughs> I think he's I think he's charismatic out the wahoo. Like there's something I love about watching him on the big screen. I think the movies I might like him the most in are the um J- Jumanji movies. I was gonna say the only movies I've enjoyed him in are Jumanji because it is him he's playing a character. Playing yeah. a character. Like, yeah, it's oh, he's so he's poking fun the rock. at the persona. Like he's because it's someone else embodying the body of the rock. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, and I and I think he's really good. Is the, isn't he in a movie with Kevin Hart, like a comedy? Um, I think when he leans into oh, more of his yeah. comedy, if if I was so like, let's say I had in this theoretical world, I had The Rock for a while, like under my contract, I would lean a little bit into action, maybe, but I lean mainly into comedy, like action comedy. I think mm. that's kind of his sweet spot. I think he's really funny and can be that. Like you're not you're not going the Dave Batista route. I don't think he has the chops of Dave Batista in terms of just like acting and do like the solemn Dave Batista thing, which is great. Yes, he knock on the cabin. I think he's so good in that movie. Um, Very anyway. Good. Yeah, I, I I loved him in that. I think he is such a Bomb Batista. I think he has such an interesting way of going about himself and just the way he acts sometimes. But with The Rock, I lean more into comedy. Um, and I just think I do still think he's a huge movie. I mean, he is a huge movie star, and I think he's charismatic enough to make money. And he, you have that potential with him, I, I think. So, all right, where are we at? Klein, you're going to round out the entire draft. Your team right now: Margot Robbie, Michael B. Jordan. Where are you going? I have a guess. So this is where I'm. This is where I'm like conflicted. Uh, I have a bunch of names that would be great. I have some really smart ones, uh, but I think I'm gonna go with my heart because if you don't have your heart, what do you do, guys? I mentioned earlier that we were talking about Timothy Chalamet. I said I have a Dune co-star a little bit higher. I am going to pick. Oh no. My favorite actress in the game right now. Oh no, Lawrence Pugh. I should have picked this person. Yes, great pick. Um, a bit of it is it is a bit of a momentum play, but I also don't think it is. I think that she is a part of this crew. That I think Timothy Chalamet is in there as well. I put someone like Saoirse Ronan in there as well. That aren't they are on a higher level amongst their age cohort. I think like in their career. These are people that are already opening things. We're going like it is a matter of time before we get a Florence Pugh Black Widow Marvel movie. Like that will happen. We're in Thunderbolts. Um, she, you know, yeah, she's headlining that. And she'll she's be headlining the basically an Avengers film, yeah. which yeah. is crazy. She is going to be one of the pillars for which one of the biggest franchises in Hollywood is built upon. She's working and and then she's doing cool, interesting stuff elsewhere. Like she is working with. Say what you will about Don't Worry Darling. I did not like that movie at all, but it was a swing. And I can appreciate that. And she is great. I kind of liked it. She's she's good. It's the she, script that let her down. Exactly. So her it is, she is fantastic in that movie. She's awesome in everything I have seen. Um, She just came. Well, I forget what it was called. Movie this year with Harrison Ford. And she is like mm-hmm. bouncing off of Harrison Ford. One of the greatest living actors of all time, which is wild she's a superstar i mean little women again there was just gonna be the greta gerwig pod but like she's fantastic in that movie she's um, so good in that movie I oh have my gosh few seasons tickets whatever she does i'm there i don't care what it is i am there 
Absolutely a heart pick. I love it because it's my heart as well. I think she's so good. I'm so excited to see her in Oppenheimer and whatever she is in Dune because Dune's so rant. You, ne- you never know what that is. I haven't Dude, read the books or anything. Those weird, it's like, with those weird music, she's going to get some sick theme. It's going like, yeah, like awesome. Austin Butler great. is there and um, not even I didn't even think of Austin Butler on my list, but kind of a hot name, actually. Um, but yeah, Florence Pugh, great pick. I like I like your team, Klein. Um, I think it's a really interesting. I think it's a Klein team for sure. <laughs> I think honestly, like, because now that we're done with the draft a little bit, we can get into honorable mentions where we're at a little bit. I feel like there's you two actresses. I think you're the only two actresses on the entire board. Yeah, yeah. That, I was drafted. And then Michael B. Jordan. I feel like that's like the one where it's like you should almost just gone Zendaya as well. I'm kidding. I don't know <laughs> wherever you're going to be going. I, I had like- a couple a couple other names like that here that I like. I think. One of the names I had really high was Chris Pratt. Just Me too. just because of the Mario of it all at this point. Like the dude I thought after Jurassic World and Guardians was like, okay, he's done his franchise thing. And then it's oh no, now he's the voice of Mario, which is kind of big. Um, and so you you put that on a poster saying featuring Guardians of the Galaxy, Jurassic World, and Mario's Chris Pratt. Yeah. I think you're gonna get people to theater. <laughs> Here's the thing. I will I will come at you with that and say anytime I see Chris Pratt on a poster, my interest level drops pretty significantly. Mm. Um, I, I I think I think truly he's a franchise and an IP man, and yes, oh, he's sure. like the most money maker of the recent box office. Um, being in Mario, being in Jurassic World, and all these things, but like I just don't personally. That's like that doesn't have the same pull for me as like a Margot Robbie or a Timothy Chalamet, where it's just like if I'm given the choice, it, Chris Pratt's never ever gonna win out for me. a couple other names yeah. that i was gonna go with here was ryan reynolds is another one but yep. i wasn't too Adam sure too. like for sure before the pandemic i would have for sure done that uh and then the free guy if it all happened um and then the only other name that i had was another actress was brie larson mm. yeah i but had so I just some i i've so in that one where i was between the rock i was thinking between the rock i was thinking about brad pitt um, he just had bullet train and, but yeah. he's one of those where it's like, he's doing where, an F1 movie for Apple. That's going to be insane with. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be wild. It's like, where are we getting him in his career? I love Brad Pitt. It's one of those where it's like, God, I, I think he's just, a, yeah, I love Brad Pitt. Um, Chris Pratt up there. I had Tom Hanks on my board, but I feel like Tom Hanks is kind of past it now. I don't know yeah. if he's really going to be opening something that's going to make me a lot of money. It may be really good, but he's just not really there. I had Ryan Reynolds as well. And then I think lower on my list. Uh, I had a Tom Holland who before might have been my Timothy Chalamet pick. But right now, I feel like it's Chalamet's game. You know, I think he really, in terms of like young actors, has kind of overlapped him in terms of maybe one acting ability and two, just the project he's been in. Like Tom Mm -hmm. Holland just had a really, really bad go at it in terms of the projects outside of Spider-Man that he's starred in. And it's simple as that. Zendaya is one because she's just a massive star. I feel like if this was a social media movie star draft, um, I would have headlined Zendaya and like The Rock, but it's not. I think Zendaya is awesome. I think she's spectacular in Euphoria specifically, but I'm curious how she'll be in Dune too. Because in the first Dune, we didn't get much of her. And this one, it seems like she's going to be a lot of it. And one that was sneaky. And if this was a longer draft, we were doing this for like three hours. Keanu Reeves. Um, who he was thought, he was on thought about list. Him. Yeah. It's it's hard with him because I feel like you have to. It's attached to John Wick because yeah. outside of John Wick, what's he really doing? Like that's There's making me been a lot of instances. money. What was Ethan? You probably would know better. There was a big movie. It was a hmm. Netflix film that he cameoed in, and it was he like it was such a big deal. It was a oh, 
Um, that's a good question. I don't oh, know. I, I'll figure. I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna figure I mean, it out because yeah, the he's fact done that a few he, things. The fact that he was who he was in the '90s with Speed and The Matrix and Point Break, and he's still making movies that are drawing people to box office is pretty always impressive. be my maybe. Was the was the movie oh okay? I see, for. I didn't see yeah. that. Um, I think can can I just say your Florence Pugh pick? Excellent. Um, I I'm a little jealous. I think that's a great pick. Um, I think she is is a darling right now and pretty much everything she's in, she's hitting a home run. I would love to see her pick a little bit more interesting projects. And I think don't worry, darling really hinders that because that was her, that was like the crux of like, can Florence Pugh be in something like this? Can she be in something a little bit more um, high profile? That's non IP that is pushing the boundaries of, of an original idea. And that original idea just didn't work on screen for me personally. So I think that is a bummer for her a little bit, but I, I love that pick. Um, yeah, you got the only two actresses, so I'm I'm uh, unfortunately I'm a, a little um, sad that I that we didn't go for a couple of more rounds because uh, I'll just quickly share with you I had a to kind of a ten power ranking here, so I got my first three. My number four was Viola Davis. She just opened The Woman King last year, yeah. um, which strangely Sony did not put on Netflix in time for Oscar and Academy voting, which is a whole different conversation. But she does have the power to open something. She is an heir this year and she is in a, a sublime role in that film. I think really she um, is someone that, yes, she is kind of more the the, um, you know, the old guard in terms of like the Margot Robbie or the Zendaya or someone like that. but she is really fucking good at acting and she's, she can just do it. Um, number five, I had Keanu Reeves. Number six, I had Adam driver, um, coming up in a movie with Michael Mann. Um, and you know, makes movies like house of Gucci, which would exactly, which I love house of Gucci. I think Adam driver is just off the walls in that movie. Um, number seven was Kate Blanchett. Number eight, Joaquin Phoenix. We just got a trailer for Napoleon this morning. Joaquin, I'm not sure if he's looking at Oscar nom and I'm not sure how that movie will play from Apple. Um, but, God, the scope of that movie looks unreal. And Joaquin is about to be the talk of the town for six months in Hollywood with that and with um, Joker fully ado. Number nine was Lupita Nyong'o. I just want to see her make more movies. She she was yeah. in Nope. Um, she is, is really good with Jordan Peele, obviously. I just want to see her make more stuff. I think if she just was cooking a little bit more frequently, we could see some really good stuff. And number 10 was Adam Sandler. I do think Sandler still has the chops to say like, if I make a punch drunk love situation again, um, people are going to turn up and it's very intriguing. He does have another movie with the Safdie brothers coming out about, you know, the world of sports betting, which I think is just going to just totally ruin my life. And I'm so excited, but I think there's, there's obviously, like you guys said, a really, really deep list of people that we could have chosen here. And that was just my list. You guys had some, some stellar picks as well. Yeah. I had Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Yeah. I, I feel like that's kind of an obvious pick because, Everything he does touches turns to gold, it seems like, in terms of like success and money making. I mean, yeah. Jordan Peele is obviously a big part of that. You know, he did he did nope. Um, he did get out, of course. And he's he's just he and he's great in everything he does too. I feel like I always enjoy him, but he, I guess for, I don't know if he has that stardom like some of these other picks that we have on here, mm-hmm. but he's like an excellent actor that I love seeing in everything he does. And I mentioned Austin Butler earlier. I didn't have him on my list, but I do think if this was maybe more of a long-term draft, depending on how Dune 2 goes, people really love him. After Elvis, it's like, gosh, this guy's hot. He's, he's signing on all these deals. Can't get he rid might, of that accent. Can't get rid of the, he's <laughs> Keep the accent. I love the accent. <laughs> <laughs> he's complete. Did you guys see the Priscilla um, trailer? 
Dynamite, yeah. 824, baby. Let's Jacob, go. Jacob Elordi as Elvis. He looks just like him. I think it looks great. Um, yeah, anyway, Klein, any honorable mentions before we get out of here? No, I kind of went, th- went through them all. Um, but it's it's funny because there are a few names that like are kind of floating out in the ether that are, I think, one. Like Kaluuya was one of them or, and Butler's another that I think are one movie away. One very from, good project away. Yeah, yeah, from being like from breaking that glass ceiling. Uh, because yeah. right now I think they're. I mean, like Elvis last year was huge. It was massive. All the the moms of the world were there and showed up and were ready. Um, but it's yeah, I think there's a couple. There's kind of this class right now of Hollywood's in a weird spot with uh, especially like especially American actors where there just mm-hmm. isn't like we're kind of waiting for that next kind of guard. I think they're trying to make a Chalamet. I, I genuinely do. Yeah. I think that's I think that's like the the angle right now. Like Chalamet's in all these projects. That we, like we mentioned earlier, I think he's I think he's being offered everything. You know, they just think he's a, he's a hot name. Um, they want to get him in there because beyond him, like we said, there's there's really no one. You know, in, in terms of like I know, Ameri- but does Chal- but, but but to me, Chalamet, he's he's got a lot and he's going to do a lot of things. Yeah, but could he do a like Matt Damon Bourne movie? I don't think no. he could. No. Could he do right? a Fincher like, thriller? I don't think so. I don't think. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. I could maybe see him doing a Fincher thriller. He could be. He. God. I think he could be really creepy. Talk about movie stars. Michael Fassbender is going to be in The Killer this year from Fincher. We didn't oh, talk about he just, Fassbender. He, he just, hasn't, be next he just hasn't been in a lot of stuff. We can like, talk about Matt Damon, who's in Air, and Air was amazing. Um, yeah, that's fair. Matt Damon's so damn good. I'm excited to see him in Oppenheimer. I'm, he plays that, uh, what is it, like a sergeant or something? Like a lieutenant? I'm, I'm this really is a really This is a very interesting time to do this draft, too, because we are a week out from Barbie and Oppenheimer. We're a few months out from like the massive fall releases that that Hollywood is still holding on to that time frame for. Yeah. Um, and I, I think within the next six months, you have a complete potential realignment of this conversation. I think you could really pick up some some different people based on how these projects go and this is really that first big wave post pandemic where people like Netflix and Apple and even studios like Sony and, and A24 are saying like we're spending a lot of money and and we feel good about it and even though every single comic book movie has been crashing at the box office Napoleon is original and new and we're going to pour 200 million dollars into it because we feel good about it and movies are are movies and they are the core of human you know um life so i think that this is a really like time capsule of how we feel in this moment right now and i'm really curious to revisit it at some point in the future and see how our our you know tone shift two notes before we get out of here one do you think we would have had harrison ford even on our list if indiana jones 5 was going nuts no too old no done yeah, too old if if we're, if we're talking like pick. air force one era if we're like, talking the fugitive yeah. Yeah. this fugitive is why i asked i'll clue the listeners, yes. listeners in real quick klein dm me and was like do you want to be in this pod and i was like absolutely whatever and and then i was like okay are we are we picking modern day actors or am i choosing like can i choose like 90s de niro like how are we doing this because you talk about like 90s like the fugitive harrison ford that era that's by no far and away a first echelon pick and that that, again that would be a very fun pod and a very fun idea of a draft but yeah there's nothing bigger i think indy 5 is a a completely respectable and enjoyable send-off for harrison he's just not who he was i think he's even even in blade runner 2049 i think he's far better and would have been more in the conversation back then just not now yeah and my other note was three marvel heroes or actors that aren't really with marvel anymore kind of hemsworth Mm -hmm. evans johansson we didn't mention mm. um 
I'd say I thought Scar- about Joe ScarJo would be my pick of the bunch. Um, if I was gonna have on yeah. the big board or draft, but I think Chris Evans is in a weird spot, man. I think he needs to he needs to kind of reshape the choices he's making. Because well, I thought he the making money on Netflix him but. was it was there. I think Knives Out when yes. that came out, I was like, oh, this is gonna be what he does. Like he like he's gonna go and take he's gonna be a character actor and go and take on these cool roles. And then it yeah. was like, oh no, now I'm in the more Netflix action movies again. And oh, now I'm in this. Um, oh, what was the Apple? rom-com that just came ghosted. out ghosted the worst ghosted. movie of the year easily yeah. Ana de Armas, she's great but not on our he's list in, or, he's in know. quite a pickle and i think a lot of these people in this list are in quite a pickle because they n- don't necessarily know how to survive outside of the ip alignment of like i'm going to be this character for the next 10 years what does that look like and and whatever job security mental security um you know physical things that that comes with of, of getting fit for the role i think that's all things that play into it. You mentioned Tom Holland earlier, which I think is incredibly interesting because that guy just cannot seem to break out of the Russo's like stranglehold and the Russo's don't make good movies. Like that yeah. that's my opinion. I just don't think they make good movies outside of the MCU. Um Cherry is not good. The Gray Man is not good. Like they just can't figure out how to do something that doesn't require 100 million dollars of CGI to blow up trains. So when you try to take someone like Tom Holland outside of that universe, it just doesn't work. So I think there's a uh, this really like um, kind of fractal period in Hollywood of like people are diverging away from comic book and that first wave that we've never experienced before. And people have never experienced before how to get out of this um, rotating, you know, MCU world that Hollywood yeah. is so fond of. Um, and And people like Chris Evans are just kind of stuck like Ghosted is just bad it's just very very bad and he's not good in it i think he's got a lot of potential he's just not choosing great projects i just i don't know we'll see what happens yeah i think this would be interesting to maybe hey we'll maybe do this again sometime maybe not next year maybe the year after or something i think tom cruise for the foreseeable future at the bottom at the end of the day is going to be at the top of this list because it's just funny looking at our teams looking at anyone we've talked about there truly is no one even close to cruise in terms of what is a superstar? Who makes money? Who has power in Hollywood? There really is no one besides you, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Can I ask one more question? You don't have to answer it, but like, I'm just curious, what's the connection between Tom Cruise being so um, astoundingly successful at the box office and with the audience and his continued efforts to see the box office thrive and, and not just survive, but thrive and his truly outward preaching of like, Movies need to be seen in theaters, save cinemas, go to movies, go experience a a communal event with strangers in the dark, because that's how we experience movies together. I'm I'm curious how much of that does play into that. And and if we saw someone like a Timothy Chalamet, like a Zendaya, be like, go to theaters, go see this movie. I wonder what that would do for them. And and we're not hearing that same level out of anybody but Tom Cruise. And I think Hollywood has really said, like, Tom Cruise, you're the guy like you take the reins but still an interesting kind of concept. Well, look at it. Every other person we talked about today would have no shame in making a movie for streaming, mm-hmm. having it distributed Most through Netflix. Have. Most of them have. I think and all of them have. We'll take, that. we'll take that. I think genuinely, and I mean this genuinely, Tom Cruise is the only actor that 100% practices what he preaches. You mm-hmm. know, gives a shit, cares about the theaters, makes good fucking movies. Like, mm-hmm. t- if, so it's when you were saying that, Everything Tom Cruise, what you laid out, him saying about movie theaters and, you know, the box office and wanting it to to thrive. If Top Gun Maverick sucked, none of that would matter. 
It wouldn't, mm-hmm. it wouldn't, none of his comments would matter. But that movie is amazing. And everyone loved it. And Mission Impossible is so yeah. good. Like he's actually practicing what he preaches and truly believes in just the cinema. Like he doesn't want anyone to watch anything for the first time on the small screen. And I love that. You know, as someone who just loves the theater, loves going yeah. out, loves having a good time, loves that communal experience, people I don't know, and laughing and cheering and gasping. It's just he's the only one that has that down because anyone else on here is taking the paycheck and they just don't have that moral desire, you know, that Cruz for some reason has about the movie theater. And that's it's, it really is what we need right now. And he's he's not going anywhere from the number one spot on this draft. <laughs> I appreciate your support of my team. I look forward to my imminent victory. <laughs> <laughs> OK, sounds good. I, I, I think. uh I think Timothy Chalamet is my pick of the draft. Personally, I, I'm just excited about him. I think I think he's a great actor, and I'm excited for Dune too. Um, Margot Robbie, Barbie, and Greta Gerwig are all over this draft, and I love that. Uh, yeah, I love all it. right, guys, Ethan Klein, thank you so much. Um, Ethan, you first. Uh, where can everyone find you uh, on social media and tell us about your podcast? Absolutely, I'm at Ethan Simi on uh, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads for however long Threads is going to be a thing. Um, so oh, yeah, yeah, go f- go find me on there. I t- I tweet some really good movie stuff. I I feel like, and uh, any moral support that I can get would be heavily appreciated. Um, 24 minutes of A24 podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your shows. Um, my co-host Ben Lawhorn and I we talk about the latest A24 movies. We dive into their library, their TV shows, um, and it is not in 24 minutes. However deceptive that title may seem so uh yeah it's a super fun time we also have a patreon if you're interested in that if you like our show you can go uh to patreon.com slash 24 minutes of not a 24 where we actually talk about um non a 24 minutes we actually just covered the entire mission impossible franchise Mm. um and we do so in 24 minutes per episode if we go over we have to have some hot sauce or a very brutal on mic punishment that is um let me just tell you it's hard to podcast with a very hot ghost pepper hot sauce sitting on your tongue (laughs) it's a fun time go check it out um but yeah that's where you can find me cool Klein. how about you you can find me everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, and as Ethan said, threads at the Kleinfeld. That's T-H-E-K-L-E-I-N-F-E-L-T. Also, uh, as David mentioned at the top of the show, host a Star Wars podcast with David called Reckless Rebellion. Wherever you get your podcast, go listen to that. And a video game podcast with a couple of my international co-hosts from Australia and the UK, Tom Drew and Lauren Rouse, who also work at the direct.com uh, called Controller Club. So wherever you're listening to this right now, head on over. Give us a listen, subscribe, like, review, do all the good things, and come say hello. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. And now it is time for What's in the Box? Who's in the box? Not about money. No, what's in the box? That's about sending a message. What's in the box? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in, welcome on, and welcome back to What's in the Box. Uh, We got our intro for this segment back in the episode. It's one of my favorite intros we've made. And uh, it's because we get to use David Thompson's big old brain to break down the box office for an upcoming theatrical release. And this week we are reviewing, primering, and predicting Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, Scale of 1 to 10, David, rank the title. That is a long title for a movie. Scale of 1 to 10, like a five and a half. Five and a half, a solid five and a half. Though. <laughs> Just the best five and a half you've ever seen. Um, <laughs> Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One will be our focus today. 
Welcome back to What's in the Box. For those who don't remember from a couple weeks ago, David, after we go through all of the notes, averages, and information for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, David will make a prediction with a $5 million range. I will then take an over-under on that range, and we will see how we do. David, are you ready? I'm ready. Here are your numbers. Here's your information for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. It releases... July 12th, 2023. That is a Wednesday, giving this a five-day release for opening weekend is the seventh installment of the Mission Impossible franchise, a franchise in which I have watched two in my rewatch so far. Um, It is starring, I mean, what a cast, dude. What a fucking cast. Tom Cruise, Rebecca Ferguson, Haley Atwell, Haley Atwell again because she's awesome, Palm Clementine, Vanessa Kirby, Simon Pegg, Bing Rames, and Shay Wingham. Directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who has directed the last three Mission Impossible movies. Here's Mission Impossible by the numbers. Um, Mission Impossible 1 totaled at 180 domestic gross back in 1996. Um, Since then, the worldwide box office opened up. Mission Impossible 2 opening weekend, 47. Uh, Mission Impossible 3, no, 57 for 2, 47 for 3. 61 for Ghost Protocol, 55 for Rogue Nation, and 61 for Fallout. Um, quick note on Ghost Protocol, if you're looking it up online. It opened in Dubai for like a week before it opened worldwide. And because of that, the opening gross technically is $12 million for opening weekend because it only opened in Dubai. And then, uh, but you look at its first worldwide opening at 61. That was a lot of numbers. Here's the gist of it. Mission Impossible domestic opening averages is 54.9 million on opening weekend. And the last three have averaged 59 and a half weekend. Mission Impossible worldwide gross average is 596. Last three have averaged 723. Big boy numbers over these last three Mission Impossibles. David, for reference for you, John Wick 4 opened earlier this year, a similar movie to Mission Impossible, action, spy, thriller, big name, actor, all that stuff. Uh, domestic opening of $73.8 million, hey-o, um, and a total gross of 427 Fast X, similar franchise, late installment action movie, domestic opening at 67 total gross of 717 Those movies make a lot of money. After all that, David, I'm going to give you your projections here in a minute, but tell me first. Why is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 going to go over projections for opening weekend coming up next week? The reason it would go over is a point we made previously on Indiana Jones 5, which is probably more useful in this case, which is the Tom Cruise Top Gun Maverick effect. And I truly believe this is going to be the reason it goes over in the, in the case that it does, because Top Gun Maverick wasn't just a summer hit. It was a generational movie, right? It it owned historically the summer of 2022 and everybody and their brother went and saw that film. You know, it had such incredible legs. You know, it was flying high in the box office forever. And I think that will roll over. I mean, even yesterday I was talking to some people. I was wearing a Top Gun Maverick shirt um, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, Mission Impossible is about to come out. And it's like, oh, Tom Cruise is back. You know, it's it, I think Tom Cruise this coming out just a year after Top Gun Maverick, he's striking while the iron is still hot. And that is how this would go over because it isn't just their fans of Mission Impossible. They could not see one Mission Impossible movie. And I think plenty of people will that have only seen Top Gun Maverick 
But because now it's 2023, it's back on the big screen. Hey, let's go check out Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. And I think you made a really good point there because I was going to say also these last few Mission Impossibles everybody loves. But you're right. It's the Tom Cruise thing more than the Mission Impossible thing. My wife, who has never seen a single second of Mission Impossible ever, wants to see Dead Reckoning Part 1 because she loved Top Gun Maverick so much. And I think like that is going to carry a lot of weight. I think that's a great point. And I'm going to consider that in my prediction. David, let's go on the other side of this thing. Why is this movie going to go under? What is going to go wrong for Dead Reckoning Part 1? I think the reason it could go under is because it's it's honestly the same. It's the different side of the same coin. It's setting the expectations too high. This is not Top Gun Maverick. This is not Top Gun Maverick Part 2. <laughs> you know, this is Dead Reckoning Part 1. And Mission Impossible, while they've had great worldwide total grosses, their opening weekends are nothing crazy at all. You know, and we're discussing mm-hmm. right now on this podcast, What's in the Box? the opening weekend of this film. Now, this weekend obviously is unique, five days. It's it's basically the whole, all of this week, you know, it's basically opening up in theaters. I'm seeing it Monday, uh, the 10th, recording this podcast, right? When this podcast is up, I'll be seeing it that night. And so it's kind of opening that entire week. So it's going to have a very unique opening. And I think the reason it goes under is we are considering too much of a overflow of guests, fans audiences from maverick and people aren't as interested in mission impossible it's a longer movie it is a part one i'm not sure that's really working in its favor i'm not sure the the title itself is working in its favor but there is still a lot going for it but the expectations may just be set too high where it could be easy to hit that under and and I think those are all really great points. And um, I think we've seen a lot of that in recent weeks at the box office as well. David, we have the information on the table. You've given your analysis one way or the other. Let's get to the projections and then your pick for opening weekend. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I will never cool. not say the full title. <laughs> well, we can't for the rest for- of time. 2024, you'll get to say the full title again. Part Mission two. Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2. I think Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2 is going to be a little um, better than Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, just because Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 set the stage for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2. And I think Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2 is really <laughs> going to capitalize on everything Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 set the table for. Yes, um, yes. thank no, you. No, no. Great sentence. Um, thank you. Official projections. <laughs> uh, the three-day, we've mentioned over and over, it's a five-day opening weekend, so we will be projecting it as such, but three-day projections are $65 million. That would be $6 million more than what the last three Mission Impossibles have averaged. Something to think about. They're projecting a bump more than what they've done lately. The five-day projection is $90 million. We don't have that reference across the board, but that is pretty much in line with what a 65 three-day would be. So the official industry projections are 90 million for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. David, your pick opening weekend domestic box office for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. <laughs> Thank you. And it is interesting just pointing out where I the, the five-day projection I think is most interesting here because it really is a five-day opening. Now, there's going to be reports coming out, and, and properly, you should report on the three-day weekend and also that wider opening. But this is summer. This is the beginning of July. I think it's actually a pretty smart release strategy, specifically because later in July, right, just around the corner, basically a little over a week later, 
we got Oppenheimer and Barbie coming into theaters. So he's, I say he, because it's all Tom Cruise in my mind. Tom Cruise, baby. <laughs> Tom Cruise is really getting a great opportunity to sit in this week and make some big bucks. So uh, personally, my projection is going to be a little over um, current tracking. I am I confident it. this movie is going to make a lot of money. And look, I may, I may be um, a little influenced before I saw Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. There was I was in Dolby, and there is this Dol- there is this Dolby um, sneak peek, exclusive sneak peek at the train sequence in Dead Reckoning Part One. I'm telling you, Matt, the biggest pop of the night in the theater was Tom Cruise and the Mission Impossible movie sneak peek before Indiana Jones. It got a bigger pop than anything in the actual movie. So that to me was kind of telling and it, it, it did. It looked awesome. I think there's something about now. This is the to me. This is one of the biggest rollovers from Top Gun Maverick. That's making Tom Cruise the most powerful star in Hollywood. He cares about these movies genuinely he puts everything he has into these films into these stunts into these incredible set pieces that you know there's going to be a ton of in mission impossible and i feel like it's very hot right now because of maverick it's like ooh, that sounds so fun it's different than the mcu it's different than anything dc's doing it's different than like the monster verse over at warner brothers right it's not the cgi madness there is some cgi used but there's something about the practical movie making effects that people are interested in uh, three day. I'm going to say it's going to be around 70 million. And for the five day opening, right? That wide Wednesday through Sunday, what everyone's going to be talking about just under a hundred million, $95 million is going to be my prediction. Um, I do think it will reach 95 million. I'm hoping for a hundred. That would be a great headline. But right now sitting here today, I'm going to say it's going to open at 95 million from Wednesday to Sunday, everything included, and hopefully off to a great start. This will, I will put a stamp on this. This will most certainly be the biggest opening for Mission Impossible. And that is not a hot take, ladies and gentlemen. This is almost certainly going to be the biggest opening for Mission Impossible. Three day, five day, whatever day, it will be the biggest. Um, That's lofty, and I like it. I don't I don't not like it. Don't get me wrong. So that would put your three day around 70. John Wick uh, chapter four made 73, which was a big pop, big surprise. And we were all very excited about it. Um, You said a tough line. I was hoping you would say like 97, 98. You know what I mean? Just so I can get that plus 90 in my range here. For those who just keep everybody on track. David set 95, which means I have to pick over under between 90 and 100 million do i think it's gonna fall over or under that range that's 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 tough that is tough i don't i i I can say even right i can say push it like falls right in between that 10 line basically i don't see why not same track yeah right i think i feel i feel like that's right you can take the the odds i mean in theory the odds would be (laughs) a little different um depending upon these uh you know what, what the line I set because the under and the over and in, in the way we're lining this up, you know, there's definitely more variability there. So if you, push. if you can give me 90, if I can take 90, I think I'm going to take the under. Okay. You know what I mean? So I think it's going to either hit 90 or just short, right? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I would like to take under 90 is what I'm going to say. I'm right. going to take under 90 million um, or under 91. That's what it would be. I'm going to take yes. under 91. 
Yeah. Um, because, and here are my reasons why. That is, they, they, the projections are well higher than what these last three Mission Impossible movies have made. You know what I mean? It's six million higher on the three day. Projects to be much higher on a five day. But like you said, they usually don't crush opening weekends. The The highest opening weekends have been 61 for Mission Impossible, which would uh, put a five day just under 90. Um, the other thing I want to consider here is the state of the box office a little bit. I'm going to get a little cinema, cinema spending on you, David. You know what I mean? I'm going to throw that back at you a little bit. Nice cover, by the way. Um, I think you have to look at what the box office has been the last two or three weeks and also what the box office is going to be next week. I think people are more excited for Oppenheimer than they are for Mission Impossible. Similar crowds, but I think people are going to be more excited to go to theaters for Oppenheimer. So maybe they skip Mission Impossible because they know they're going to the theaters again next week. I also think we have had two flops in a row when it comes to blockbusters of the July calendar. Indiana Jones did not reach the levels we wanted it to. The Flash, a historic flop at the box office. I think with that momentum stalled a little bit for moviegoers and another maybe a look ahead for moviegoers with this week. I'm going to take under 91 is going to be my line here. And um, I still think it's going to do really well. I think anywhere between 88 and 90 is going to be good for this five-day opening. Um, but that's where I'm at. This is Matt Renke. I'm sending this message under great distress and panic because I have been framed. I have made a great mistake. I had not seen the newest Mission Impossible movies, but now I've seen the light. And I was put in a position where I'd put the under on all box office projections. This is wrong. Give me the over for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. It is going to outlast every projection imaginable because this movie is going to be awesome. I've seen the light, and his name is Tom Cruise. This message will self destruct in five seconds. Yeah, I would say thoughts in terms of pushing back on the Oppenheimer argument, which I understand, but there's a speaking of the state of the box office, I think there's a there's kind of a rumbling underneath the surface where July really is the month of the box office this summer um, between Tom Cruise, Oppenheimer, Barbie, and maybe even Haunted Mansion if it does something. Now, before that explosive Oppenheimer Barbie, which is going to be an incredible what's in the box section or segment on this show. um, Oppenheimer is rated R. It's three hours long. And I think there is, it won't make as much money as Barbie. I'm telling you that right now. It'll be tens of millions difference, I would say, opening weekend, just sitting here today. And I think there is actually a wider demographic for Mission Impossible, PG-13. I think more women would go see Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, Chris, it's, it, Christopher Nolan fans. Every one of them is going to go see it. But I'm not seeing where that super Oppenheimer to me is going to make it's going to be successful. People are going to maybe enjoy it. It's going to be a controversial movie, possibly just based on, you know, whatever they do say, show us in that film. It's, there's a lot of intrigue around it. I don't th- I don't think there'll be very much rewatchability. And I also am not sure everyone's going to be popping out of that theater saying, oh, you got to go see that. It's so much fun. <laughs> I think Mission Impossible has the fun factor going for it, much like Barbie might. I am right now, this is kind of off topic, but I am slightly worried about Oppenheimer because it doesn't seem very palatable to the general audience to me. It, it seems like there is a huge, huge, huge section of fans that is excited for that movie. 
But in terms of general audiences and, hey, what's out? Oh, Tom Cruise is back in theaters. Oh, Margot Robbie is Barbie, right? There's not really- Gosling too on the poster. And Ryan Gosling. Yes, absolutely. There's there's something to it with that. And I think Mission Impossible, unlike even previous Mission Impossible movies, which almost felt niche in their own right and maybe Mm -hmm. even a sense, I think this one has that kind of explosion factor that may be there just because of the Tom Cruise effect now. Because he really, to me, I think in the general audience this last year, has gone up a level, a level, um, and just how people view him. It just mm-hmm. you know what you're getting yourself into. You know you're in for a good time, high for action, sure. high flying. So we'll see. This is a long form. I would say July conversation we're going to be discussing at some point. Um, but right now, I understand your point, but I'm not sure that's going to be a factor. And I think there's going to be a ton of people that go see both. You know, sure. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people that go see all three of those in the next couple of weeks, which is very exciting for someone who loves the box office and wants to see every movie succeed uh, to keep movie theaters alive because June was a terrible example of that. Um, You know, with the flash bombing as severely as it did outside of across the spider verse, wasn't a lot to get excited about uh, June, 2023. But it helps that across the spider verse was something warranted of getting very excited about, which is fun. Um, So David's pick is 95. My pick is under 91. If it hits like 90, it. we both dance. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that has been What's in the Box for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Next week, David is going to uh, cover everything you need to know about the universes you love and Secret Invasion Episode 4. I'll be taking a week off to move. And then the week after that, we'll be back to review Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. And then the following Wednesday, the penultimate for Secret Invasion. Until then... I'll see you then. David will see you next time. This has been the Direct Podcast.